Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 108, and I'm your co-host, Nigel. Hi, I'm Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And always, we like to bring you interesting discussions with diverse voices, both new and returning. We have a new, or sort of new guest with us, cosplayer G Sus. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I say sort of new because even though this is your first time on the podcast, uh, you have been on an interview with us as part of our Gamepad Online uh, event, which was this year. Was that this year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think so. Er Yeah. No, my time, my sense of time is like just evaporated. Was it 2022? Yeah, I think it might have been. Like December yeah, we'll or, or um, January or something. January. Okay, there you go. We will we'll check the tapes. We'll put that link in the show notes uh, for people to check out, find more about a cosplay journey and uh, some of the stuff she's doing, and, uh, and we're going to talk story here. So you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, if there's a place we're not in, let us know, and we will try and. Uh, rectify that so you can also send us your feedback and questions to feedback at mymatter.com you can throw them us on social media as well we are at mymatter on twitter at mymatter tv on instagram and tiktok and at tazzy on everything and you can join our studio 77 discord to be part of the mymatter universe and meet others in the community so you can also become a studio 77 member to support the work that we do at mymatter and get exclusive access to events and artwork as well uh, so as we do before we get into today's story discussions we're going to update you with the latest from the mymatter universe <laughs> If you have been listening to the podcast for any length of time, well, at least two episodes, you will know we have started a new series called Casual Conversations with Comic Creators, where every month I talk to a different comic creator about their work, the craft of comic storytelling, and just generally try and find more about the human behind the art that we enjoy. Uh, So it is June. We're going to be having a new person. Uh, We need to confirm that new person. So we might have to reconfigure the date that was in the schedule. Um, We're looking at June 14th, but keep an eye on our socials for the announcement of the guest and then just follow us on Twitch. So you'll get a notification when we do get go live as well. Uh, But we do have highlights from our past conversations that will be popping up on YouTube over the coming weeks. So uh, we've had some pretty cool conversations this month. We want to make sure people can get a sense of the people we've spoken to, some of the topics we've discussed. Uh, And then if you are a Studio 77 member, you will eventually be able to get uh, all those full interviews um, as part of the membership. Uh, So other than, uh, well, as well as other people's stories, uh, we are creating our own stories. So we have a new Kickstarter campaign in the works that is going to feature Tazzy's character um, as part of our origin series, where we are taking each of the real-life Mayamata team characters and creating stories, like background stories, uh, for the character in the My Matter universe. So Tazzy's story is going to be about going after your dreams um, when everyone or most people around you essentially say no or some version of no. So being able to persevere uh, through that to, to make it. So we're working on that story, working on the Kickstarter, Kickstarter campaign uh, and some other 
um, activities around that. So stay tuned for that over the summer. For our Studio 77 activities, so we have our next games night, uh, which is going to likely be four guys. It was originally uh, Halo, and we're going to discuss this with our members before this episode uh, goes out, so we can break that news. But we're going to be playing games with Studio 77 members, which you can watch along on Twitch and see how we get on. Uh, it's always fun, particularly because it's usually the first time, well, usually the first time I uh, have been playing uh, the game so you get to see uh, the game usually you get to see the game being set up <laughs> and go through what is essentially becomes a tutorial which uh, isn't always usually the plan but seems to make its way into the live streams uh, you can also check out the past games nights where we've played games such as uh, roblox fortnite rocket league and more so we pop those on youtube once we get the highlights together so make sure you are also following us on youtube as well and we have our Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign, which is still ongoing. So we launched this earlier in the year to promote diversity and inclusion in the video games industry. So you can follow us on social media to see the photo campaign and meet the 40 players and makers that are showcased in that campaign. Uh, from there, we went on to a series of live stream and in-person events. So we had our live stream launch, the segments of which are up on YouTube right now. We had a careers roundtable, which will be going up on YouTube. And we've done physical events uh, like our friends and family games design jam, which just happened. So we will have like photos and stuff like that. And hopefully this will become something we do uh, each year. Uh, so there'll be more opportunities to get involved. But we do have at least one more event for this year as part of the campaign, which is our Cupcake and Gamepad Social. So this is going to be our networking event, which is providing a low-pressure environment for young people, those that might not have experience or confidence in networking, to come and play games. But in that process, uh, meet other people who want to do similar things to them, um, as well as people who are currently working in the games industry right now so an opportunity to mix and meet with people uh, meet some new uh, make some new contacts even and uh, eat some cupcakes because you know why not uh, play some games eat some cupcakes make some contacts so we're going to be at the samsung kx building which is in king's cross on saturday the 2nd of july from 4 p.m bst it's a free event and that is because the campaign is proudly sponsored by rocksteady studios splash damage uh, and hopefully more to come. Let me just leave some space in there for more people uh, to get involved. So your name could be here if you're uh, listening to this and from a company. Get in touch. You're now caught up with most of what's going on at Maya Matter. Uh, let's talk about some of the stories that we've been enjoying this week. We have a message from Splash Damage for you, who are one of our Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign sponsors. And they're currently hiring. So the London-based studio recently announced work on a number of new titles built in Unreal Engine 5. Which looks amazing, by the way. I don't know if you've seen that, Tati. It's, I'd say stunning. Stunning is a word I'd use for that. I've seen a little bit and um, had a few discussions about it recently. Were it discussions about how stunning it is? Yeah, and a lot <laughs> of people looking forward to what, what comes out of gaming with Unreal Engine 5. More Keanu Reeves, I think. 
So you might know Splash Damage from their work on Dirty Bomb, the Gears of War franchise, Brink or Wolfenstein, Enemy Territory. But the studio is beginning an exciting new chapter with its own games and own IP. And it's looking for talented and ambitious people to join them. That means you, John, Alice, James. I don't know, I think I'm hitting people with this, <laughs> but you know, anyone listening. They offer in-studio hybrid and remote working options. So you can head to careers.splashdamage.com to learn more. I like that they offer different ways of working. I think that's very inclusive of them. Very inclusive. What's your favourite way to work, Tazzy? Uh, I'm probably a hybrid person. Keep it mixed up a bit. Yeah, I like some hybrid. Keep people guessing. Is he yeah. going to be in? Is he not going to be in? Who knows? <laughs> Anyone's guess. So again, you can head to careers.splashdamage.com to learn more. So this is the part of the podcast where we have a spoiler-free discussion about what stories people have been reading, watching, or playing. So we will start with our guest, Jesus. So the three animes that I have been watching recently, um, I just finished Doro Hetero. It's definitely a different anime. I'm a huge crybaby. I don't like gore. I don't like violence, any like any type of anime, movie, show. And this anime, I wouldn't categorize it as horror, but it's it's very bloody. But mm. it's it has like this light and kind of funny feel to it. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to describe. You just have to to watch it for yourself. It kind of is different from the manga. I think the manga is a little bit scary, not scarier, but a little bit more intense. And the anime kind of like pokes fun. Um, I I'm curious if when they animate Chainsaw Man, if they'll kind of do the same thing, because the manga is just so intense and it's so bloody and horrific. It's it's so good, but I I don't know how they're going to animate all that. So I, I'm interested if they may do the same thing. But uh, Bedora Hedera, it's so good. It's about this um, guy. He has this lizard head and he lives in kind of this world. It's called The Hole. And it's kind of this like post-apocalyptic type feel and there are these what do they call them i think sorcerers and they're like magicians right and they come to the hole and they perform experiments on people so the people who live in the hole um hate these sorcerers um and it's kind of like this this war so that's where a lot of the violence is between the two and it's about this main guy and he has this lizard head um and he's trying to figure out because he used to be human, so he's trying to figure out like what happened to him, who was the sorcerer that did this to him, and he also has this... He, so his name is Kaiman, and then the girl that's with him, who's kind of his partner in crime, his name is Nikaido, and yeah, and it's just, it's kind of their story. It's it's really, really good. Um, I also started watching Odd Taxi, which is strange and amazing, and it's it's different, and I really like it. Um, I was just talking to Tazzy, she said that, that you... I finished it and that you really liked it. So I'm excited to keep watching it. And then Spy Family, of course, it's, oh my God, this is probably in uh, top four or five animes. I loved the manga and now they're, the, the anime is coming out and I'm glued to my TV every Saturday when it comes out. Um, it's just, it's genius. It's, it's, it's so good. Uh, the plot, the characters, the setting, and it's just, it's such a feel good anime because the, Odd Taxi, I haven't finished, but Doro Hetero, it's, it's funny and it's light, but it's kind of, um, 
well, yeah, it's like bad stuff is happening, right? So, but Spy Family is just so cute and it's so feel good. And, and, um, like I said, like I said, I'm a crybaby. So I cry because I'm so happy watching, uh, this anime. But those are the three that, that I've been, uh, watching and I've, I've been having lots of fun with. They are all like great animes. Mm. <laughs> I'm only on season, I'm only on episode three for Spy Family. Do you love it? Isn't it so good? So good. And then the other two, I have I have watched all of them, and I I love both. You're a hetero. Yeah, yeah, I loved it so much. I'm like, please give me that. Oh, right, right. Good. Did you read the manga? <laughs> no, I am a serial non manga reader. Uh, <laughs> I've seen um like like clips from the manga, and yeah, it looks like way more intense. But but yeah, oh my god, the, you're the first person I've spoken to that's seen Dora Hetero too. <laughs> Literally, everyone's sleeping on it. Like, no, it's so. I actually just so uh, bought some merch for it. I was so excited to find some. Mm. Yeah, I definitely recommend anyone dives into all of those, <laughs> especially if you're looking for something that isn't the mainstream. Not so mm-hmm. much the mainstream because obviously, Spy Family is. Uh-huh. <laughs> what everyone's right, watching right. but it's still refreshing like if you just want exactly. something that's refreshing please god give oh. them a happy ending please <laughs> oh i'm gonna be so sad if they don't but um but yeah but we don't know because the manga's still coming out and so is so is the anime so yeah so i i've got a ton of things so mine's gonna be a bit of a list rather than me explaining what any of them are uh, because you can go online and find their synopsis um <laughs> so i've been reading a book called kill baxter showdown in cape town which is uh, i just said i wasn't gonna but this one i will it's about magic it takes the mech out of every other thing about magic uh so there's a lot of references to like harry potter and the lord of the rings <laughs> and how the media has messed up what real magic looks like kind of thing it's so funny though because it i'm not that far into it well i'm like caught away into it it's so funny because it's just it's about like this kid who was kind of not a great kid and then some stuff happened and now he's trying to be a good person but (laughs) then he goes to like magic school and uh magic school is not nothing like hogwarts I'm gonna tell you that, <laughs> and it's great. There's there's a lot of violence and gangs and guns and yeah, it's definitely not for kids. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, but I randomly picked this up up on sale uh, last year at some point at Forbidden Planet. It was like on sale for a word in their discounted section, and I was in like a real reading thing, and was like, yeah, I'll pick up a random book and see what it's like, and then didn't touch it until now. So. <laughs> That's that little story about that book. I also started watching uh, the anime Komi Can't Communicate. Oh my god, it's so cute! I've seen the first episode, but that's it. But oh, it's 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 how how far are you in it? I think I'm on episode five. It is one of the most wholesome animes I have ever watched. Oh my god, it's so wholesome. So I mean, it's in the name. It's about a girl called Komi. It's set in school. And she's she really she struggles to communicate with people. She can't really talk to them, uh, but she really wants to make a hundred friends. And she meets someone who then helps her 
make these friends. And it's like the journey of someone who suffers from extreme social anxiety, really wanting to have friends and hang out with people and have fun. And it's just like her journey and then her friends, like, and then her like making friends and them helping her make more friends and it's so wholesome just everything about it's wholesome the way it's animated is wholesome the music's wholesome it's just wholesome <laughs> the characters are like i said i've only seen the first episode but the characters were outstanding like just the yeah. so much like diversity it was it was great it was great yeah the the characters are so interesting everyone has their own personality and they're not like tropey they're more like actual people you could relate to but then they do have tropes they have tons of them but <laughs> it's really contradictory but like it's about the character first they always make sure they introduce the character without the trope most of the time and then you know add the trope it's, it's wholesome it's fun it's funny and it's just a really great one to like learn how to like it gives you empathy to different personality types and the way they communicate and then I watched Dollface season two. I think I mentioned when I was watching season one, which was a Disney plus TV, real life people TV show about a woman who breaks up with her boyfriend and then reconnects with her gals. Um, and then season two is like the next step of that. Now she's got her gals. It's like her it, reconnecting with herself. It's just, I really like it, uh, maybe because the premise is that she uh, creates this, like, creates all these fantasy worlds in her head uh, to help her navigate these situations. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. And I started watching Single Parents on Disney Plus as, like, a background I'm tidy at the house, and I find it hilarious. <laughs> so it became a, I'm no longer tied in my house, and I'm watching this. Oh my god, I should be tidy in my house. <laughs> and then. Uh, I started watching Inside Job on Netflix, which is an adult animation, you know, like Family Guy and those types of types of things. Um, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hilarious. But it's just uh, some some parts of it is like typical adult animation. Yeah. <laughs> I get that impression. Um, but then it it's about like this you you follow the main um protagonist who's a bit of an evil genius uh working for uh the shadow government and essentially helping them keep all the stuff under wraps like lizard people and all those conspiracies uh while we're building tons of robots like there I feel like there's a robot in every episode. <laughs> It's constantly like <laughs> robot building gone bad and AI gone bad in this. Um, yeah, it's quite hilarious. It's definitely one that I thought I didn't really I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do. I I I hate it and I love it at the same <laughs> time. Like I'll be like watching it and be like, oh god, really? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch the next episode. <laughs> it's a balance you know yeah you gotta you love it and you hate it it's it's yeah that's that's the key yeah but i feel like it's made to make you feel like that like part of you hates that you're enjoying it <laughs> mm -hmm. um so nigel what about you what after my like long list <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so one woman tv guide 
so I've got a few things. Um, I won't spend too much time on the first one, uh, which is everything, everywhere, all at once, because what is there to say? I don't know how to talk about it without like spoiling it other than just you to see it. We had Victor Luca on a previous show. Come on, talk about it outside of the podcast. Uh, I've had people recommend it. I say recommend, strongly suggest <laughs> that I go uh, watch this. It's It's been somewhere on my radar, um, but I understand it's something that has like a lot of, I guess, underground buzz about it and how it's come out and it's great and it's sort of picking up steam. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just great. It's, I just think it's such a enjoyable watch. It's so different in terms mm-hmm. of the way the film is made, but also what I felt was so impressive. It, it keeps an emotional resonance throughout and hits yeah just just go watch it i I only move on to the next thing before i uh, get stuck into this i feel we need to do an episode uh, on this to unpack uh, everything that is in there because there's so much in every scene the next thing i've been watching is love death and robots which i've been sleeping on for a number of years i don't know when this first came out but it's uh, essentially an anthology series of different short animated stories featuring love uh, death and robots a lot of death actually i was uh, surprised at how much uh, how much death i'm seeing in in this series but this is a um, so because they're short stories and the stories just don't connect at all it just gives you a chance to sort of dip in uh, dip out which is great for me because i have apparently a short attention span when it comes to watching things so like you know 10 to 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes in some cases uh, and i get uh, a story and it's done and I can walk away. But the the level of storytelling in this, to be able to pack so much into what in some cases is like eight, nine minutes and leave you thinking. And I, I feel that's always a, a great sign of, um, uh, of a great story. It's like, does it leave you thinking about the story after you've watched it? And there were a few that really just, just made me think. And uh, when I started watching it, I mistakenly started watching uh, what I think is season three and there is a there was a story that takes place uh on a ship and features a giant crab that's all i'll say about this but it's one of the i gonna say it's one of the best stories i've consumed this year because it just drew me in it uh surprised me with what i was expecting um because i was expecting a lot of death a lot of gore but it turned into such a thoughtful yeah such a thoughtful story that I'm still thinking of, even though I watched it probably like uh, a week ago or more, in, in fact. But yeah, just really enjoying like the range. Um, so in terms of like the range of stories being told, but also the visual range in terms of the animation style. So completely different style of animation from episode to episode. I've seen some stories across seasons do connect. So I've seen certain characters that uh, pop up again in, from season one and uh season two but yeah slowly making my way through that series uh i can recommend it i'm probably late uh well i'm late to the pies so if anyone hasn't seen it uh and you're later than i am then that is a really good one to dip into and just yeah learn how to pack a lot of story into a short amount of time so taking mental notes on that one thing i'm not behind on actually am i behind what day is it today no okay i think i'm uh, up to uh, up to date episode three is obi-wan kenobi so new star wars show on disney plus which is a sentence i feel i'm going to be saying a lot from here until until the end of time um but uh new new star wars series on disney plus it's really good have i review 
watch this. Nope. No, no. So I was actually surprised how good this is. It's it's really good. Like um, I've only seen three episodes, but do you have to know Star Wars? I've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> do oh, you wow. have to know? That's like, impressive. do you have to be familiar with the story to to enjoy? Um, you know what? So that's a good question. I'm trying to. So you've not seen like the new new films or no no Star Wars? I know it's. I just I don't know. I I never I never really got got into it. I don't. Okay. Well, I I'm I have a habit of being late to things, so I'm kind of late getting into Star Wars. So only re- relatively recently to have actually watched things properly, and because I started with the original, so not the original, the um the middle, the new. I don't even know how to place these, but the ones with uh, the Jar Jar Binks, basically that middle yeah. trilogy, which is not a good place to start. But to your question, I don't know. I think I think the story is good enough that you can you can get what's happening from a just a story perspective, so you can understand like without going into spoilers, you can understand character motivations and how the story progresses. So I think I think you could enjoy this without any prior knowledge. However, obviously. With it being Star Wars, there are there's a lot of backstory and context that sense, even yeah. I don't necessarily clock on immediately to everything, but I understand it's there. And then there's certain obvious things that that sort of come up that if you you know you might not even even have to watch Star Wars to understand certain certain things that happen. So I'd, I'd say no, but you obviously you'd lose a lot. Right? Yeah, you'd probably enjoy it more because you would understand more if you'd seen star wars yeah yeah but then on the flip side sometimes you you can come into things with too much expectation mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah so there's an element of like you can just watch it and just enjoy like what's unfolding i i would say the story stacks up well enough so far it's only been three episodes but i would say it stacks up that you can just watch it as a as the story it is and and get it um the other two things i would say is one sort of negative and one positive is um the sort of unsus- unsurprising sort of just racist abuse that the one of the the leading uh, stars uh, Moses Ingram has uh, received, which I wasn't even aware of at the time, but just not surprised to hear of. But apparently, just for existing, <laughs> just for being black in this show and existing uh, in this show in a prominent role, has been getting like a whole bunch of hate and uh, and abuse. And this uh, is happening that. right now. But he's receiving yeah, all this yeah. hate and abuse. Yeah, yeah, like from episode one, which I mean, she barely even did anything <laughs> in episode one. So, uh, so it's a really disappointing kind of thing to hear. But yeah, I, I, I would say, like, you people listening, why are you being like that? And then I realized that none of the people saying that stuff are listening to this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. Because we don't <laughs> have not... those kind of people listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not surprised because someone's always gonna have something to say. And honestly, we'll probably get into that when we talk about Bell and just like the mm. no matter what you do, people always have something to say. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but yeah, just like it's just weirdly frustrating because it's so it's weird and frustrating because when I heard about it from episode one, it's like literally her character just enters and <laughs> it's just there. And in I always find it funny with Star Wars, like in a story about, you know, however millions of species across the entire galaxy and you're worried about uh there being uh, black people but, but black humans yeah. gosh out of the question out of the question absolutely not yeah you just can't have it but... you can put an alien no questions asked it's fine yeah <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to mention that sort of negative but then uh 
uh, positive is, um, and this, this isn't really a spoiler because it's the time uh, of the film. It involves a young Princess Leia. And this girl that plays Princess Leia, I might have to look, is she like 10? I think she's 10. She is knocking this out of the park. She's delivering these lines like a full-grown adult. There's even, there's a line where <laughs> Obi-Wan asks like how old she is after she uh-huh. says something just deeply insightful. This girl is like knocking this out of the park, this role. I think, I don't know, um, I should have done the research and found out the name of the actor. Uh, I'm going to do that before the end of uh, the show, but she's just killing it. I'm so impressed with like this girl delivering these lines and um, just wanted to throw that out there as well. And uh, she's definitely carrying the spirit of, um, of Leia. So that is what I have been watching. Those are the stories that we have been enjoying. Uh, now let's get to our main story discussion. And today we are here to talk about Bell, the 2021 Japanese sci-fi anime written and directed by Mamoru Hosoda and produced by Studio Chizu. Uh, so spoiler alert, we are going to get into all the spoiler details and everything that we can get to in this film. Uh, I will do a recap of the story, but first, let's get everyone's overall quick impressions. So we'll start with our guest, uh, Jesus. How how did you find the story? What were your overall impressions? It's genius. This movie <laughs> is, it's it's insane. It's honestly, and, and what, because I, I told you, I rewatched it this morning and I took some notes, because um, when I first saw it, I saw it in theaters, and I was I was blown away. And the thing about this movie is that, uh, well, one, it's, you know, it's based on uh, loosely based on Beauty and the Beast, the fairy tale Beauty and the Beast. And it's it's an anime, so it's animated. But it is one of the most realistic stories I've ever seen in my life, or at least I thought so, with how just human relationships are and how they can be and how those relationships can be like in reality and online, how people deal with grief. Like it just, it, it, it's a, it was brilliant. The music was amazing. The animation, whoo, the animation was, they outdid themselves. Um, yeah, this is, this is probably in my top three favorite movies. Uh, this movie was absolutely genius. The script, everything, everything was genius. Characters, everything. Okay, uh, Tazzy, how about, actually, Tazzy, sorry, before, this is uh, unprecedented in the history of Story X Story, but I just wanted to break in because I found the name of the girl that plays the Princess Leia in Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Vivian Lyra Blair. Uh, she must be protected at all costs. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. She just kills this role. Like, it's just uh, amazing. So, sorry, I've, I forgot that from before. Now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Tazzy, what did you think about this film? Beautiful would be like the key word I would use for this because just beauty is like weaved through it, the animation, the the pace of it, the flow of the animation, I guess. I don't really know how to describe it because I was just stunned for mm-hmm. most of it. I also cried a lot. It's a really deeply moving story, especially as it sort of like builds to the the ending like ah oh, it's cuz it's got so much sadness weaved within it within this like beautiful um story and this this these beautiful visuals and beautiful music and it's like really moving but it, at the end it's like particularly there's a particular sad part and it's just particularly moving and just the 
the journey of Suzu and like the journey of growth and the way she kind of blossoms towards the end of this. Um, which would be like is the perfect words to use because there's loads of flower symbolism in this. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd yeah I'd agree with that, and I'd I'd add abstract. Like mm. it was interesting watching this because it was one of the uh, it's like a film where, like Taz was saying, like the flow of it, I found it to be quite abstract in a, in a positive way. Like this was a story about something, and it uses the moments of these characters' lives, like in the virtual and, and real world, to make that statement mm-hmm. almost, which is ends up being quite a sort of positive and and wholesome statement. So I just thought from like a storytelling, how it was interesting, it it pieced those moments together. So I, I watched this in uh, IMAX, in an IMAX screen. I wish I had. Yeah, it's just, oh. it just, this is like a, a story for, uh, for IMAX. And, theater, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely got the benefit of sort of the the visuals, uh, the audio as well, and just watching it um, with an audience um, as well. So yeah, I, I found it like really moving, especially like as you said, the end. We'll definitely like talk about the end and funny in in places yeah. uh, as well. <laughs> so I quite like the uh, the mix and then the way it kind of reinterpreted. Beauty and the Beast, which I haven't seen for ages, but just that, mm-hmm. you know, classic story of don't judge a book by its cover. So, but mm-hmm. for a new age, uh, a new digital online age, which is another thing that kind of struck me about this and I definitely want to get into. So let me get to this recap and then we'll dig a little deeper. This is a story that takes us to the rural Kochi prefecture of Japan, where 17-year-old Suzu witnesses her mother rescuing a child from a flooding river at the cost of her own life. The experience leaves Suzu unable to sing as she also becomes distant from her father. She is alienated from most of her classmates, with the exception of friend and self-appointed protector Shinobu, popular girl Ruka, sportsman classmate Shinjiro and genius best friend Hiroka. Uh, on Hiroko's suggestion, Suzu signs into the popular virtual metaverse known as You and creates an avatar she names Belle. She finds herself able to sing again and soon becomes a big hit. Following her popularity, people start to refer to her as Belle with an E on the end, which means beautiful in French. During one of Bell's concerts, a user called the Dragon makes a violent appearance as he is hunted by a vigilante group led by the self-righteous Justin, accusing him of disturbing the peace of you. Justin plans to unveil the Dragon's identity to the public. Suzu feels intrigued by the Dragon and searches you for the user, eventually meeting the Dragon at his hidden castle. Bell and the Dragon grow close. Meanwhile, in the real world, Ruka confides to Suzu that she likes Shinjiro. And with Suzu's help, they're able to admit their feelings for each other in a hilarious scene. Back in you, Justin captures and interrogates Belle in his search for the dragon, threatening to unveil her identity to the world. The dragon rescues Belle, but the intervention allows Justin to locate the dragon's castle and destroy it. Suzu and Hiroka immediately work to find out the dragon's real identity before Justin can and find a live video feed of a boy called Tomo singing a song only Belle and the dragon know. They realize that Tomo is the angel avatar and so his older brother Kai is the dragon. The feed reveals that Kai and Tomo are being abused by their father. 
It's Kai's anger and steadfastness in protecting Tomo that gives the dragon his unbeatable strength in you. Suzu contacts Kai to help, but he doesn't believe she is Belle. Shinobu, Ruka, and Kamishin discover Belle's true identity and urge Suzu to sing as herself in order to gain Kai's trust. Suzu begins to sing as herself and gains the trust of Kai. Unfortunately, Kai's father sees the recorded video of his abuse posted online and immediately cuts off the internet connection before Kai can tell Suzu their address. Ruku and Kamishin use footage from Kai and Tomo's recording to figure out where they live. Suzu quickly rushes alone and locates the brothers, protecting them from their father. Suzu and Kai thank each other for giving one another courage. The next day, Suzu returns home. Her father welcomes her at the station and she warmly tells him she is back. Shinobu praises Suzu for her bravery and decides she no longer needs his protection. Finally understanding her mother's selfless action, Suzu comes to terms with her mother's death and is ready to sing with her friends. The end. So, like I said, this is... um like a modern reimagining of Beauty and the Beast. So I'm going to, or let me not make the assumption, have you both seen Beauty and the Beast and what are your thoughts about this film compared to that one? If you can remember it, depending on how long you've seen it. So actually in high school, um, I was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Um, okay. so I know it cool. very well, actually. So, um, and I think that's why I, I related so much to this character. I think that's also like to Suzu. I think that's why... Too, I fell uh, so in love with the movie, but um, but yeah, but so I I am very I I don't know knowledgeable I guess of, of Beauty and the Beast, but or at least the Disney version. It was Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Um, but I really liked how they kind of took out the romantic part. Like there, it wasn't a, a romance between the Beast and Belle, or mm. I guess the Dragon and Belle. Uh, I I really I thought that was I thought that was awesome. You know, and even though she did kind of have like this love interest, like Shinobu. You know, they didn't really, it, it was very subtle and I really like that too. But yeah, but I, I love Beauty and the Beast. It's such a good story. The characters are so good and they stuck pretty, pretty close with the, the roses and, you know, the, the, the kind helpers. of the little servants. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. In the, in the castle. Yeah. They, they stuck pretty close to it. Even the, the scene in Beauty and the Beast where uh, she approaches him and he yells at her and she runs away and then she gets caught by the wolves and he comes and saves her. And that's, that's exactly what they did when she approaches him he yells at her she runs away she gets caught by justin and his gang and then um they're about to unveil her and and yeah and the beast or the dragon comes and saves her so they stuck really close to the to the um to the story what about you Mm -hmm. tessie what did you think yeah i I, i'm seeing beauty and the beast they did really stick quite close to the disney telling of beauty and the beast i'm trying to remember the like the 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 (laughs) non-disney the beast oh all, all my memories are disney fight i wouldn't even because all the fairy ties are actually horrifically dark yeah <laughs> a grim fairy tale like cinderella and that is or no or is it just a just an old i think it's just old folklore i oh, okay, don't okay. know if it was in the grim collection or i guess i guess no cinderella i don't think that was did he have any or the Little Mermaid. I don't know. I know that. Yeah, they were the all Mermaid, of those yeah, stories are they're, really. They've all got, they've all got really dark. Yeah, origins. Um, I do actually have a copy of Grimm Collection, which weren't written by the Grimm brothers. Uh huh. They collected the stories and put them in a. 
I don't even know if those two are related. I guess I just I thought of old stories in the but anyway, but but yeah. yeah I, <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to think of that, but I cannot remember the uh the original darker version. Um but <laughs> this definitely does like sit so closely to the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast. But like cause it was like the the dance scene as well. That was like That was amazing. That was the scene. <laughs> Yeah, because it would have been the tale as old as time, like in the Disney, but yeah. they say, saying, I think it was Lend Me Your Voice was the song that yeah. the during the, yeah, that was, that was gorgeous. That was her outfits. Oh my God. I would say mm, way better than Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> Massively. In what way? Is it, is it just because it's new or? No, it was, no. um the the story itself had more to it it had more meaning like bell's character was like deeper like bell in general is actually a deep character that disney didn't write very well (laughs) like with justin and like gaston they were parallels right and they they didn't really dive deep him which i thought i thought they did a perfect amount you know and he kind of realized at the end too and i thought it was so funny where all the sponsors go away like in the beginning when yeah. he's <laughs> and also what i loved about this movie is that as a content creator you could really just feel for the movie too because it was yeah. so that's why i said it was so realistic like watching it as a content creator too i was like oh my god like this whole other world and and even mm-hmm. like the sponsors you know what i mean like that's how you're like validated right like online yeah. like how many how many likes you have how many like sponsors you know what i mean so i was just like this is this is this is real yeah. you know what i mean so, i've got yeah, questions I... for for both of you on that because I, <laughs> I found that really really interesting yeah. so or, or i'm going to come to that i think as well the um like real life side of it the like school dynamics as well they were like so realistic yeah and i mean i don't and this is the thing because like when i was in school we kind of was like just getting into the social media mm-hmm. era <laughs> so it's like but the 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 issues that were like school bound were like they were like the things that doesn't matter for the social media or not Mm-hmm. they exist but then that layer of social media as well and like a new thing because you's quite new and so I feel like I related a lot to that and yeah also like I think you is my new favorite version of virtual media uh, virtual reality and fiction just wanted to get that in there somewhere <laughs> Because I know with uh, Facebook and everything, they've been saying, oh, you know, this metaverse, I think they rebranded their meta now and everyone's talking about this metaverse and NFTs and all this other stuff. And I and, and there's so much like misinformation and no one knows what it is. And I thought this movie, too, was so cool showing you. And it was this. Yeah, it was kind of this metaverse. And, but it was it was like a good thing. It was it was very positive. There were also, you know, the good always comes with the bad. But. But uh, but yeah, I, w- I would love to spend time in you. <laughs> yeah, I think as well, like just the technology side of things. I, Nigel knows this. I have a thing about virtual media technology <laughs> and how it's imagined in fictional places and how it's visualized. But this is by far the coolest. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. just we plug headphones in. And, and the, the thing was like that they can still function in reality. That was the bit that blew my mind because... They only really dropped that in towards the end. We'll we'll go into like the the technological aspect and 
look at that. I wanted to look at the the family side of it because it was, I mean, it was it was over the whole film, uh, and obviously at, at the very beginning in particular, where so that big moment in Suzu's life. Um, so we start the film with basically Suzu like losing her mother because she's effectively given her life to try and save someone else. But what I found quite interesting is the what we see of the relationship between her and her father as being like super distant and also the father seemed like really hands off uh, as well but like how did you feel like seeing that relationship between Suzu and her father like from the beginning and over the course of the film oh my god I loved how they showed their relationship yeah. Yeah, I loved the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And because I don't it I feel like it wasn't so much a hands-off thing the father done. It just seemed like he just took a step back after trying so much. Mm-hmm. Cause he's constantly leaving food and like try like it seems like he's really trying, but he knows he can't get through at that point. And he doesn't want to push. So it's just taking like a step back and just like a more overlooking, I'm here when you're ready kind of thing. I got that feeling too, where it was, it was, it, and and I got the same feeling from Shinobu too, where they just kind of wanted, they were there, like in the very beginning when she wakes up, like it was the very first scene and she's like breathing heavily, she's frantic. And you hear him call out to her like, hey, are you okay? Is everything, you know what I mean? Like, they're there for her and they're there to protect her and support her. But yeah, there's no pressure. They don't pressure her to like rely on them. It's almost like they want her to kind of figure out her feelings for herself. Um, because yeah, because it'll end up in growth and it'll it'll be better for her in the end as opposed to making her like dependent on them and 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 all that. I thought that yeah, I thought that he was a spectacular parent. I thought that he handled everything so well. Yeah, because uh, I, I was quite struck by that. Just the uh, the nature of the relationship, but also the the fact that it was shown at all. And I think uh, mm-hmm. along similar lines, um, what Jesus was saying earlier in terms of like the romantic relationship that was obviously a big part of Beauty and the Beast, but here it's not necessarily played up as much. I find mm-hmm. that like a feature of Japanese filmmaking or uh, we're talking anime specifically, where you don't necessarily get shown the same things as you do in Western films. So you might not get the mo- the obvious or overt romantic relationship. You'll get like a more subtle or deeper connection between characters. And with this relationship between this sort of daughter and father in and amongst like tragedy, you don't necessarily get that shown. Mm-hmm. And I've always like, oh, this is something that's been shown. And I, I kind of related to that in a, in a, in certain senses. I also feel like the way it was... The way it was told and the way the relationships were shown were all from like Zuzu's pers- yeah. perspective. Like it wasn't like this is reality. It was like this is Suzu's perspective. And I think that's really highlighted in the way like certain cuts happen and transitions that like, that because there's a few like blank spaces that are kind of like her, which seems like it's just her kind of like, being a bit numb mm-hmm. to the yeah. world and like maybe we're not we're just not seeing all of the interactions with her with her father like because she's like running she's shut shutting herself off and like I really felt like that was what was being portrayed and that was what the story was trying 
to to tell um and like that is from Suzu's perspective so it's not that these people aren't there but mm-hmm. Suzu's not seeing them Suzu's not connecting with them then basically not there to Suzu yes exactly. yeah what she sees yeah and as the story progresses you start to see more uh, signs of like the presence of other people in her life that were probably always there it's just whether she wanted to see them at that yeah. time or not I, yeah I quite like that and I think the that idea of perspective because it is something where uh, I can't remember where I saw this from but I remember as I was writing uh Hot Lunch or our manga Hot Lunch there are flashback sequences where Taishi the main character you see him as a younger character and he's going through certain things nothing as tragic as well actually yeah, nothing as tragic as this uh, at least not in a moment um but I, I remember seeing something somewhere where like you see the view of a young character so as his parent comes in you don't see the whole of the parent you see like the legs come in and it's kind of like taking the view of the the perspective character so like with with suzu you get like loneliness um and even like on that there was a piece i was when i was putting together the notes i saw this piece from uh annie leons in polygon who talked about loneliness and so says or like identifies loneliness as part of her routine so suzu's routine and and talks about how um her soda makes this i'm quoting from her now her soda makes this consideration or space or space explicit with frequent wide shots of suzu walking home alone similarly as suzu recalls her mother's death the young girl uh, her mom rescues first appears in another wide shot against total blackness highlighting the girl's isolation sets up parallels between suzu's decision to help the dragon with her mom's own choice and it's like using the the animation like the cool thing about animation is like well i'm any filmmaking but nothing in a scene is there by accident again unless your last season of game of thrones and somehow water bottles appear every, uh, in every scene but yeah nothing's there by accident it's like it's all made to, to fulfill like the the purpose of the story the theme and in this case like tazzy's basically just described you get that sense of loneliness from the way that animation has been dealt with so yeah no it's, it's really impressive and i mean speaking of animation that's like one use of it to express the the loneliness in the character but with this being a story that takes place in this virtual world of you which is a very vibrant <laughs> space filled with like so much detail and oh, yeah. diverse characters and like really diverse like all sorts of like shapes and sizes and was there was there anything in that in that sequ- in that scene or well, not even seen because across the film but in that space that stood out to you visually uh, the whales that she would sing oh, okay. on that showed up a whole bunch of times. And it was, I loved it that they, everyone was floating, you know, and it was like they were swimming and flying. And, and I just thought that was so, that, that was beautiful. But the, I loved the whales and how um, they were just so majestic. And that, that was probably my favorite, the, were the, the whales that kept showing up. Okay. What about you, Tessie? I have to be honest that most of the time that we was in you, because we were seeing Belle, I was just captivated by Belle and her dresses because like the costume, oh my God, like every time she's like on with a new costume, obviously designed by her friend, but bringing them out like I was like oh my god and and there was so much more to look on the screen. I was trying to like look at stuff. I was like, but wow, like the whole time. 
And then the other thing would probably be when the like scars, the patterns on on the dragon's back are like oh, pulsing yeah. on like fresh ones are pulsing into hmm. into creation. Yeah, like that was <laughs> wow, that was so moving. That was just like such a well done like how to just use animation to project emotion oh yeah this is why animation is the best no I'm just kidding i'm biased but um, <laughs> the, the bruises were gorgeous and i i especially was looking at them this morning when i was re-watching it and you can't because in the end the dad raises his fist against them but you never see him actually strike them so mm. it's interesting but what you do see is when bell is like thinking back to when she was at the castle dancing or I, I think it was before she danced with the beast and he was like on the floor and, and yeah and his bruises were showing up and they were like pulsing and she was kind of having that flashback while she was watching the dad like verbally abuse um Kay and Tomo and so I was I was like you know because I just assumed I was like oh he's beating them like physically but but you know what I mean so I was like okay I mean because he raises his fist at the end he doesn't do anything but but I was like so this is this is from you know this this isn't just from oh you know him being kicked and hit and this is from because his and his dad keeps saying you're worthless you're worthless just disappear and he and you could see him like with each word it was it, it was like he was being punched and kicked and it was that was just those bruises were captivating. They were so beautifully done and what I like just pretty to look at. And what mm. I also was thinking about was I think I don't I mean, I'm not the director, I'm not the producer, but I would think that they made the the bruises so beautiful too, because of the message. And you see this a lot in Japanese um like animes and films is that to like endure and to um like sacrifice yourself for someone else is is like the, the you can always endure more and be stronger for someone else than you can for yourself and she sees that literally with Kay in that scene um where he's just receiving the bruises but then she can she can kind of think back on her mom and be like okay that was actually a beautiful thing that she did, even though she gave her own life and left me alone to save that other girl. But or, I don't know. That was that was my take from why the bruises were so they, they looked like artwork. And even one of the other characters, mm. he got tattoos, tattoos yeah, of yeah, the bruises yeah. because they were mm. so beautiful. Is that that's when they were trying to find out like, who is the beast and uh, yeah. sorry, the beast, the dragon, and and that. So yeah, I've, and I also found it interesting how how they came to suzu's avatar design because i I didn't quite clock on it uh immediately in the the moment but because the idea is you it's you so all the the you capital u the the metaverse takes like a photo of you and your biometric data to create Mm -hmm. your avatar so it's what's inside of you brought out into your avatar but then with suzu because she uses a photo that also has um ruka ruka yeah so it's like a a mix, right? Is that mm-hmm. that was the idea? So her avatar is not actually necessarily her. Uh huh. Yeah, that's quite interesting because then her character comes out and it's like you know it's just just beautiful character and and everyone's like captivated, but it's not 
her but it allows her to be her so I, I wasn't sure what to make of that but I thought that was quite an interesting uh, mm. kind of story choice I sort of took it as like the message I got from it was like because <sighs> this is like the the most popular girl in the school right that it's based on and that it's like she's and to her like she looks at this this girl who's like popular and 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 beautiful and seen and has like a lot of friends and that inside it there's no reason she can't also be that and that it's like she's putting down herself but in that person does exist inside that person that can be popular that person that does have a voice and is seen and then like the very specific thing that is kept is her freckles which i a, i just think is just beautiful because that's like an indistinguishable like feature that she's had since she was a kid. And like that was because that's the way she was like, oh, no, wait, it is me. Because at first she thinks it's accidentally took a picture, like used the picture of the other girl. Uh-huh. But it hasn't. <laughs> okay. Kind of like what you were saying too because hero said her friend hero says too like that the with the avatar and and you in general it draws out exactly like what you were saying who, who you could be and your mm. potential and that like the avatar isn't it's it's not fake it's just like giving life to all of these like hidden qualities and talents that you that you could have so i thought that was really cool with the avatar too that the yes like like what you were saying how how she could be like ruka if she wanted to you know what i mean or she could have some qualities that ruka has where she's you know personable and and easy to talk to and sociable and stuff like that you know but um but yeah, kind of like like what you were t- Tazzy was saying too. How yeah, I don't think it was just oh you know Ruka was in the picture. It was like you you could you could you you could you could do this too. You know you have the potential. Um, yeah. But then I also think there is something. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but that she used a picture that wasn't just herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So I think that to me seemed like there just wasn't a picture that was just herself. Well, that's my point. It's like, yeah. yeah, Because if you've been hiding from the world, why are you going to have a picture of yourself? Like, why is there going to be a picture of you on your own? That's just not. That's so it kind of goes to a character. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? I was so happy that Ruka ended up being like a nice girl because I was scared. Because a lot of times in just movies and stuff they'll make like the popular girl mean and whatever and and i was so scared because i couldn't tell in the beginning when she was like oh come over for the picture and this is if she was just being like this kind just like a mask you know like oh everyone loves me and i have to be this pretty nice girl like at school but i'm actually like this evil mean person who mm. likes shinobu and is like trying to get my way in to, and then she goes over to 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 um to suzu's house and and she's just this normal, sweet girl. And she ends up liking uh, Kamishin, thank God, that there was no love triangle. <laughs> and they were they were the cutest couple ever. They were yeah. so pretty. Oh, yeah. But, um, but I was so relieved that Ruka, because there are so many, like, you know, pretty girls who have a lot going for them in reality. and But they're, but they're still nice, you know? Like, they're just, mm. they just happen to... Like you know what I mean, um, and I and I think the whole movie too, the whole like you can't judge someone by their appearance. Uh, but I was just I was so relieved. I know, right? Because I had the same feeling. I was like, oh my god, it's a Mean Girls moment. <laughs> I don't want to be a bully. Like no. 
Yeah, it was just nice. It's like, oh yeah, like you don't. I I also don't like when shows or films or like they make like the pretty girl, the mean girl, like you know, pretty yeah. people can be nice. I mean, that does exist, but it, it can. Yeah, be, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be used all the time as a trope. Like we get uh-huh. it. sometimes there's someone that like has pretty privilege and they're really mean about it, and they're like, uh, whatever, but. Stop like making that a thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I was just, I was so nervous. And it ended up, she was such a good friend to, um, to, to Suzu. And, and I mean, Hero was the MVP. That the, the little best friend, she was amazing. I loved her. She was like yeah. this voice. And she was always so reassuring. She was hilarious. She had that crush on what was it? The physics teacher. She was so funny. But, um, <laughs> But but yeah, the the friendships, so Ruka and Hiro were they were I I was so happy that um Suzu was because yeah, and you see in the end she was surrounded by so many people in the in the Obachans, the old ladies who yeah, were yeah. not the old ladies, the older ladies who who were in the choir with her, and they ended up um and I think too, and I'm probably jumping ahead when. I didn't realize the first time that Shinobu and the older ladies, they knew that Suzu was Belle from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and they don't that until later in the movie. But And I was like, look, see, look at how many people really are watching her and caring for her and supporting her, even though, um, you know, she feels so alone, which I don't I don't blame her uh, for feeling that way. And I'm just happy that, you know, she was able to to get some self-confidence and and realize that she is strong because she was able to protect someone else in the end. And just last bit about the the animation and, and especially with, because this is like a story that takes place in, in two worlds and one world is very vibrant and the other is very not vibrant. Did you feel <laughs> any, I mean, there is a natural contrast, but was there any, did you have any jarring moments like going from one to the other scenes, such vivid colors to go into just, normalcy in a sense it was a perfect mix um and i think too i don't i didn't like time it out but i think they showed probably the same amount um of footage in you and in reality they might have even showed reality a little bit more it was the perfect contrast uh but it wasn't it wasn't like this huge you know like the reality was gloomy and because there were like like almost every anime where you have the countryside and it's it's gorgeous you know it's calm and you hear the cicadas and you know those stills right that you always see uh like in anime countrysides Mm. um and she walks over the river which i'm assuming that's where her mom died that she that bridge that she walks over all the time but but yeah, I thought I thought it was the the perfect mix. It was it was it was it was beautiful and yeah. I think the only time that I found it a little bit jarring was sort of near the end when she when Susie's running to the old school, which is the first time I think we actually realise that you can function in the real world and be in you at the same time, and it like. I don't know the way it's switching between those whole bits up until she like sings as as her and not as Belle. There was just a few bits where I was like, I don't know where I am. So <laughs> <laughs> wait a second, can we just zoom out for a second, because so I can figure out where I am? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like by the time I'm like, oh, we're in here. It's like, no, we're not. We're back around. I'm like, wait, she's she's running to the school <laughs> while she's she's in you looking for 
I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think as well, my head was wrapping around the fact that you can control your you while you're moving, like mm. while you're in reality. Because up until that point, they'd shown that one of going into you, like while she's like lying down in bed or sitting. Is that really show, uh, or at least the animes I've seen. Yeah, that's when they do like a virtual reality. That's how it usually is, where they're like laying down somewhere and then they're in this world. It's not like they can actually do. They're doing like real time stuff, mm. like moving and and whatnot. Uh, while they're in the the metaverse. The only other thing I've seen, maybe attempt something like that, is everything everywhere all at once. Again, go see that. Mm-hmm. The movie looks amazing. I haven't seen it yet. It looks. Hopefully, it's not the first of its kind. Because I think too uh, that movie it 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 was big because it has some like representation for uh, oh, population yeah. sure. that you don't yeah. normally see um, in. But I'm sure we, we can do a whole other podcast on that movie. Oh, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. I feel like when I've seen reality, it's virtual reality done in a way that is like that you can be in both at once. It's less virtual reality and more like I think like okay, a wiser. I, yeah, like, I, I think or pop culture has trained us to like you. You go to a place and put anything to go into the new world, and you stay there, <laughs> and you're vulnerable. Usually, it's like you're vulnerable in the other world while you're in this virtual world. So yeah. we don't often see like. You know, I can I can run and sprint while my character is yeah. also doing stuff. And like, yeah, I think the yeah, the only time I've ever seen it is like augmented reality, which uh, it's different. Yeah, Psychopaths does like an augmented reality thing. Kind of cool. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, I need to rewatch it actually because I can barely remember it, but just remember it being good. Anyway, not what uh, we're talking yeah. about right now. <laughs> um, but um, so you mentioned sort of virtual reality and this being uh, a take on the internet and something I did want to make sure to talk about is the internet and uh, internet culture, the positives, which there are a lot of in this film. So to its credit, it does show there is a balance because it shows obviously like some of the negative sides and, but it does end with like a hopeful, uh, hopeful message, but it just made me think all sorts of things. So uh, I just going to throw some stuff out to you because we have uh, two content creators. I, I am technically a content creator. I, the first tiktok video uh the other week you also have a youtube channel oh, oh that's true yeah yeah i made the first tiktok and i i hated it i think i hate making tiktok videos i don't know oh, i hated tiktok too at first oh my god i still fight with it but we, we're making it through i don't know like give me a like i could do a because a lot of people like don't like public speaking i could do a talk in in front of people like tens hundreds whatever people that's fine. Video in front of a camera, that just, everything just feels wrong. Anyway, this isn't about me. Um, it's about this film and internet culture. So I found this interesting because you, so you had this promise of like, once you're in, you know, you're free to be who you want to be. But the whole thing about it is anonymity and, you know, even to the point where the punishment, like the ultimate punishment in this is being unveiled and, and being seen for who you really are so how did you feel about that contrast and particularly how it relates to what you both do in terms of like putting yourselves out there but not necessarily who Mm -hmm. the totality of who you are do you do you find that do you find like that resonated with you I thought I don't know I like I like I said earlier I really connected with Suzu with just with like getting uh, just as a content creator and her um, starting like so when she first does her song right 
Um, no one pays attention to her. Like when she first enters and she sings, no one pays attention to her. If anything, people say bad things about her. Like, oh, why does she have those freckles? She's singing a weird song. Da, 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 da. And then she signs off. And the first time you see Suzu smile, it like in the movie, other than like the flashbacks when she's little, is after she sings uh, the first song. And no one's paying attention to her. You know what I mean? She's just yeah. like... Oh, I can do that. And then she, she has like one or two followers, right? And I remember because I, I haven't been a content creator for very long. It'll be a year, I think, in September. And yeah, the, the that kind of freedom that you first feel uh, before you start getting caught up in you know likes and followers and all this other kind of stuff um, that comes with content creating. This kind of freedom and like liberation, right? That you feel like, oh, I can express this part of myself online but then yeah like what you were saying the biggest punishment is like being unveiled right and Hmm. and it's this whole it's this balance because you find sometimes that some of the most successful content creators like they're they're so raw online and that's why people love them because they're like so relatable and they're like oh you know this is like who this is who they really are but at the same time like i i sure i definitely don't put my entire i put a lot out there but even then like I'd, I don't know. I would. And honestly, yeah, I would hate if all of my followers saw me. You know what I mean? Like for the like waking up in the morning, like. No. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was I I thought it was very realistic when it came to the uh, when it came down to sharing this part of you online. But then also, yeah, the biggest punishment. But then if you overcome, if that's the biggest punishment, you know what I mean? And it seems like such a big deal. And it's so easy to get caught up in like people seeing, you know, you over who you really are, this, this and that. But if you just show it to them, like, you know what I mean? Like just doing it, then is is it really that bad? Is it real? You know what I mean? So I feel like it's kind of a mental thing, too. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I get that. I mean, the way you phrased it about not showing all of you, I feel like I show most of me on the internet. It's probably a bad thing. But. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, though. Some of these content creators are so big and so famous because they bear it all online. But um, So what, what I was sort of going to say is, like, I I am someone that puts a lot out there. I, I don't care if you see me without makeup or first thing in the morning or when I'm super tired. I post a lot of that content. But what I find is people just don't see it. They see it, but they don't see it. (laughs) People like gloss over it, forget it exists, and then build up this own image of you in their own little imaginations that they seem to miss the whole bit of you being down (laughs) and having multiple layers of personality and like going through stuff in life. So yeah, like, and I find that like caging because it's almost like it's not what I say. You're always going to see what you want, what you want. And I always, I always have this thing about the internet because people think anonymity on the internet is like evil. But like, for me, I'm like, I would love you (laughs) (laughs) to be like completely anonymous would be so freeing. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And like just this massive freeing thing i mean even for me like i really like i've spoke to nigel about this and i've probably mentioned it before but like looking into vtubing just just so i get a chance to like let myself relax (laughs) because i'm not because i find myself over worrying that people aren't seeing the real me 
And so I like to put extra effort into showing <laughs> that I am human as well, because people seem to forget that bit. But yeah, I don't know. Like there was a lot to relate to with like the the content creation side. Just the I think more from like witnessing it. Like mm-hmm. the the hype switches. It's like, oh, we're hyping about this one thing and then we're hyping about this other thing and then we're hyping about uh, like that bit. I was like, oh yeah, that's the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trends. yeah, exactly. Like there's always gonna be some new and how quickly people switch from one thing to another to like Peggy Sue, she was the big thing, oh, yeah, you know. She was the thing. And then yeah. she got taken over. Oh, her whole thing with realizing that Bell's just some like she says it, it's just like oh she's just a she's just like just me a she's just a normal yeah. high school girl yeah yeah and like even you know the like the self-righteous online people <laughs> that Ooh, think I want to get to that yeah. they are you know they they are the rulers of this domain and everything they say is like how everyone should be yes yeah yeah but then also like the trolls the way they captured like people's comments and like yeah. people hopping on the accusation train and the the targeting train and just like just mean undercutting comments for mm. no reason. Like, do you actually think that's okay to say that? <laughs> no. And so on that, it yeah, you've got my mind. So there's two aspects uh, to it. Where so you had the response once Bell like blows up, then you start getting you know lots of positive, but then you also get the people who just like hate her just based on that that surface level knowledge. And it's like I get annoyed on behalf of other people because I don't get that because I'm not a any kind of uh, personality but when i see it so i mentioned you know we talked about obi-wan kenobi and i mentioned the, the character where people just like you like you don't know them but you've suddenly got this image and you hate this person based on nothing based based on in this case like an act or even in in you as, as we see one aspect of this character's personality um people just like deciding I hate this person and this person must must have these intentions because that's why they are doing what they're doing and I know this for sure mm. so that was frustrates me when I see it on behalf of other people and it kind of leads to the other bit which I didn't quite like the significance of this didn't quite hit me initially while watching it but it just stuck with me and like Justin because when they came in and it's like him and you have this this force so I'm, like I mentioned in the recap, like Bell was doing her first concert and <laughs> the dragon bursts in and he's being chased by Justin and he's, I don't know, I can't remember, if, did they have a name or was it just like... Oh, I'm pretty sure they did and it was yeah, something they they had super uniforms. like, ugh. Or something like that. Yeah. So initially I, I just thought like you're, you're the you police and then it's like mm-hmm. later on, it, it'd be like, oh no, no, you've just decided you're the you police and what you say mm-hmm. goes. And it's like, I think Tazzy touched on it earlier, like the, the people just like, I'm going to self-appoint myself as like the arbiter of, of what is right and wrong in this. And I'm just going to go on. It's like, whoa, whoa. I think not- he even mentions like, oh, you says that this world doesn't need... Yep. Yeah, he does say that. Doesn't need rules or whatever because it regulates itself, or or I don't know. I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he even says along that. So it's like, so you even know that you have purposely not not followed that (laughs) made a rule set, but yet you took it upon yourself that you think that it's needed, and And you have. 
She said, because she claps back and she was like, you don't want like to protect anyone. You just want to control people. And I was yeah. like, Bell, you better tell him. Yes. Because he, he, he put her in that chair. She was surrounded. Like, for what? Like, who are you? Sit down. Because you're trying to trying to catch the the quote yes, unquote bad guy that you have nothing about, no information about. And like you're attacking someone that's like completely innocent. Mm-hmm. Like Bell's done mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Even mm-hmm. by your moral justice personal what you think you want to take but oh my god i just really don't like justin yeah so the more i thought about it the, like the, the less i liked him and he just reminded me how he, like sometimes i'll go on i don't know i'll like watch a youtube video or, or look on twitter and read comments and you know sometimes it's funny and and uh but then just sometimes you see people just like i'm, I'm just reading things like you actually you actually think that and i'm tazzy i don't know if you remember i i shared a, a tweet from someone talking about uh, something about video games and someone oh yeah a game was delayed so uh, gotham knights was delayed or cancelled on the ps4 on the previous gen yeah yeah, yeah. in favor of like the, the current gen and just seeing people's reaction it's just like man you <laughs> people are just Sometimes. speaking in ways that you are, you are not the oh. arbiter of all things on on social media i just need to sometimes you just need to move on it's not your fight i've been told off about my own opinion on countless occasions i'm like it is my opinion it is very clearly my opinion it does not dictate the way you get to enjoy this at all it's just how i feel but i think with um uh, on a different note i think with justin's character when we're first introduced to the dad yeah at one point i was like wait is Justin the dad? Because oh, okay. there was so many similarities why, why? to them. And it was like a lot about the way they were speaking mm. and that they just want to control. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, similar characters. Yeah. One in the virtual world, one in the real world. I remember, I can't even remember the scene. There was like one specific scene that like they were just so similar so similar i mean it was clearly done on purpose but (laughs) yeah oh my god i need to watch it again um it comes out not long after my birthday so if anyone wants to get it for me like feel free it's um it i bought it on amazon like just on prime i don't oh as in on dvd i don't think blu-ray sorry because in the states it's not on dvd is it not in the uk yet no 27th of june seven days after my birthday there we go (laughs) as he's mapped it out so so yeah don't don't be a don't be a justin because don't be an uh an arbiter of what you feel is right different people have different opinions i just i don't know public service announcement is uh we don't need <laughs> we can disagree like i'm not long ago in this very podcast tazzy says she's not a fan of game of thrones personally <laughs> i don't understand why i think it's a great series up until the end we all know what happened there but that's fine that is a different opinion and you can have different opinions but yeah honestly and the more i thought about that justin character is like wow there are one that he's a terrible character and two oh wait there are actual people like this um and i've seen them so you said you like game of thrones real fast oh yeah i so it, it gets obviously it gets a lot of stick it, whether you've seen it or not you you might have heard of like the the, the way it ends it ends terribly but it ends terribly in comparison to the very high highs of the previous season and for my money i still think it's one of the best shows of modern times like at, at its peak i disagree with your opinion 
Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really like Game of Thrones. I haven't seen it, but I can tell it's probably not the show for me. But have you heard of the anime ranking of kings? Yeah, Ooh, I need I to watch it. this. Everyone yeah, keeps yeah. telling me to watch Ranking I've of Kings. I've actually got it. I've got a tab open with Ranking of Kings because I don't even remember who it, who it was, but someone mentioned this to me, so it I've got a tab. Yeah, it blew. But um, I watched it with my best friend. Honestly, I will never watch it again. It was, I liked the ending, but it just wasn't my type of anime. But I see why people like it, but it just wasn't for me. But my friend said, if you like Game of Thrones, you'll love Ranking of Kings. So you should watch it. Okay. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, but because it's like that kind of medieval type of, you know, but where well, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but um, cool. where it's just right. kind of, you know, people aren't as you said, lots of different relationships and betraying, but then you're actually an ally, but you're betraying all this other kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I love but, that. Um, so, yeah. So you sh- I think you'd really like Raking of Kings. Uh, but everyone says, oh, it's this like fluffy. But no, it's not. There are cute parts, but um, but it's I don't I don't think all it was it was intense. It was a lot. There were some intense parts, but um, okay. but people loved it and it blew up. Um, but I will say the second opening, because I think it's only one, yeah, it's only one season. But the second like part two opening is I cry every single time I see it because it's so good. It's incredible. But yeah, you should watch Ranking of Kings if you like uh, Game of Thrones. There you go. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> that's cool. Appreciate it. Um, so uh, we talked a lot about different characters. Uh, we've we've covered a few. We have. Uh, so I'm just looking at my list of characters. I'm like, I think there's a few we haven't necessarily uh, mentioned. But uh, what I will say is, um, I don't know if any particular character stood out to you. I did like the the idea of like you know Suzu, the protagonist, mm-hmm. and Kai use or the dragon, sort of both using the the world of you to deal with real world trauma in in different ways and kind of coming together uh eventually uh sort of coming together so you spoke about uh justin's character is there anyone else that stood out to you hero or excuse me hero i loved her she was the best friend she was incredible i her so much she was she was and she was the perfect friend for uh suzu too you know what i mean like she showed so much compassion understanding and yeah, she but was still so, pushed her to do things exactly but she but it wasn't too intense it wasn't like tough love um but mm. and she wasn't like she never pitied her you know what i mean and she even there was one scene where they were uh eating in the shop and she starts talking about her mom and then she goes oh i'm i'm sorry and Suzu um, smiles. And I thought, and you, you can see just how beautiful their friendship is and how considerate they are of each other. And and it's just, you know, but she's still real with her. She was like, you're so gloomy. And she was like, do you want to go back to being the crybaby that you are? You know, so I thought, I, I love Hero. I loved Hero. She was, she was wonderful. And and of course, Ruka and Kamishin and uh, you know, Black, I loved all of them. But yeah, Hero, she was the MVP in my opinion. I just want to add like to the the hero hype train. <laughs> Is it like also like the best, best friend if you're a content creator? Because she was like designing the costumes, making like the music tracks, setting up the virtual gigs. Like she was doing PR for her. Like, oh my God, I want a friend like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, she was, yeah, he, everyone needs a hero. And I, th- and I think too, and I've seen in a lot uh animes where they do that, they use that name on purpose. I mean, because her name was, I think it was Hiroka, but I mean, but they call her hero. And I've seen that in a couple other animes where, um where, yeah, where it's like, she's, she's a hero. Like that's, that's why they use that name sometimes. It's kind of the play on, play on the name. And I think that, uh, every, yeah, everyone needs a hero. She was just, 
She was she was incredible. She was the support system that and same with the older ladies with the Obachans. Like they were they, they were oh, yeah. they were the unsung heroes. Like what we were saying, like with her dad, there was so much distance and and um and um not uh, Suzu put up so many walls, you know, with her dad. And the older the Obachans were able to be I think one, because they're women and they kind of had this motherly feel. You know, yeah. um, kind of like it takes it takes a village to like raise. You know, it was kind of like that type of kind of mm. vibe that I got, where they just kind of looked out. Exactly, they had their exactly. stories as well. Exactly, exactly. And even that moment where where um they say, you know, what is happiness? And they each try to define happiness. And the older the 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 oldest woman says, even at this age, I don't know what happiness is. And I think they were just this very wise just group of women um and they were they were they were great they yeah so i love hero and then the obachans they were wonderful mm. and and the dad i loved the dad he was the scene i'm sorry i could talk about this movie forever the scene <laughs> where he's on the train that's my favorite scene and they're texting and he says to her you know that you've been so sad since your mom died and you've like felt so much pain you've suffered so much but you understand i'm gonna cry right now oh my god but you understand how people feel and and that you are the woman that you you're the girl that you are today you're the kind girl that you are today because your mom raised you and i think that her like her dad was just he was you could see like he was really trying the whole time um and but you know he was like she's going through a lot so i'm here if she needs me but um she she's trying to figure stuff out herself so i'm gonna let her do that but that scene where she was on the train and she was just texting him and and it was just um and then when she comes back and she's and you know she says and there's the tadaimon the okairi which is just so sweet because you never hear that uh the whole the whole movie, or I don't know if you watched it in the sub or the dub, but the when they do that to Diamond, you watch okay, 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 maybe too. And and I think that you know he was he was you could see how content he was that she finally said I'm home, mm. you know, just after all of all of these years of of her just putting up this wall. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You're right. I'm home. It's like that had more meaning. And that's a good. Uh, that's a good point. What did you both think about? shinobu and specifically his sort of self-appointed need to protect suzu um his character is like a common trope you see kind of the ice prince where he's kind of cold to everyone else but nice to the to the person that uh, he likes i read lots i read lots of romance manga and his character is a very popular character and yeah and everyone falling usually you know girls they fall on over him like oh he's so cool and cold and he's like this prince right but you could see that he really uh cared for for suzu and he didn't smile the entire time until right at the end where mm. um she has that moment of growth where and he and yeah and at the end he even says to her like you know i don't have to protect you anymore and we can just hang out and i've always wanted to do that uh, I yeah, I love Shinobu. I thought that he was he was yeah I he was a great character and he was the perfect subtle love interest too. Okay, did you yeah. feel the same, Tazzy? Um, yeah, I felt quite similar. I liked the um yeah the subtle love interest was was nice because it he was kind of there, but like he was hardly ever in it to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> you do too much. Yeah, but I liked that he did that because you don't because that's not the point of the story, you know. 
Yeah. And like, it was, he was just nice. It's nice to have like a, a childhood friend that's looking out for you that you also might have a romantic interest in. Like, they've got a cute little love story going on there. And we didn't need to be like baby fed it. Exactly. Shoved in our faces. Yeah. yeah. They just, it was just there in the background and we can use our own imaginations to mm-hmm. to fill in the gap and we we didn't need like the scene where like she comes in and he's got his shirt off and then that's the scene where everything changes and exactly. then, you know, yeah. oh, it's just like it was such a beautiful like teenage friends like they live in like a fairly small town right like it was just just sweet it was like cute. yeah Okay, I want to get to it as a favorite. Or should I mention this now? It's like, um, before we do themes. Oh, let's do themes and then I'll mention this. So there are a few themes uh, in this and I think some I picked up on, some I'm just like learning, just listening to you both talk. And and one of the, the obvious ones you've mentioned already is like that, don't judge a book by its cover. So that's like the classic beauty, beauty and the beast theme. Interesting one is like the selflessness mm-hmm. and this idea i guess embodied by suzu's mom from the beginning but mm-hmm. this idea that a stranger's life is you know of equal value to your own and therefore you know worth risking in in her case giving up because that's what we then see suzu do essentially is like she meets a stranger and a stranger who needs help and she goes off and and helps and it's like yeah if there are more people like this then you know, it's one of those, if there were more people like that, the world would be a better place, he says, not being a person uh, like that. But yeah, what did you feel about that? I think it also came with the message that like selflessness comes with courage as well. Like they yeah. go hand in hand. <laughs> like it's all right saying like, oh yeah, be selfless, but it takes so much courage. Oh, it 100%. does. 100%. I mean, yeah, because you see the selflessness... Um... Um, you see, yeah, you see it in Suzu's mom, you see it in Kay when he protects Tomo, and then, uh, yeah, and you see it with Suzu uh, when she goes and protects uh, Kay and Tomo from their dad, and it was, yeah, it was just, and I love that theme, and and that's also, a co- like I mentioned before, you see, that's a common theme that you see in anime, um, just like protecting someone. Yeah. Yeah. And doing uh, like and having the courage to do things for someone else, uh, not for yourself. And 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 yeah, and it showed uh, growth like every well, I get well, I guess Susan's mom died, but it showed um, it allowed these other characters to grow with their with their selflessness. And I think we also see it a little bit just in in Susan's friends. Oh, yeah. Like they're there. Yeah, because they all step up in some yeah, form. They all are just happy to help. Uh, another theme I thought was quite powerful is that the idea of, Su- well, embodied by Suzu in this case, where she became her most powerful self and powerful in terms of being able to connect with the person she was trying to save and uh, make that impact. But when she integrated like her, her real-life vulnerabilities with the persona that she was projecting, so like the idea that... You know, being almost being your whole self or closer to your whole self makes you the person that the full person you can be, um, mm-hmm. which is something that, yeah, I, I sort of took away from this in terms of like she only became fully effective when she let herself be herself rather than, you know, the the mix of the, the photo that she entered into you initially and, and then other people could learn from that. 
Mm-hmm. And then, so back to my public service announcement uh, voices, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the internet can give anyone a voice, but the connection is made when we actually listen uh, because there are, there are a lot of people talking a lot on the internet and I know I'm not saying anything that's you know groundbreaking and didn't already know but sometimes when you stop and think about it it's like so many of the whenever I see like arguments again when I make the mistake of reading YouTube comments and Twitter Twitter arguments you just, you just see people not listening like you mm-hmm. know, I'm not listening I'm just trying to say what, what I want to say I'm not listening whereas here we see like someone like listen or at least like try to respond with something other than sort of fear and 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 hate and i'm just gonna beat up this character so he responds to the dragon with curiosity and kindness and finds out more about in in his case like pain and and then how to resolve that again you don't have to agree there are a lot of opinions um out there that are valid and not necessarily ones you share but we we see someone listen they're not just trying to be heard even though we can hear her because she has uh, amazing songs throughout this film Just to uh, jump on your public service announcement, because I love positive reinforcement. (laughs) I also see the people in those Twitter comments having those like actual listening moments and those actual conversations where it's like, I hear you and Mm -hmm. this is my opinion and I respect that that's your opinion and these are different. And those are like such nice moments. Okay. In mm-hmm. Twitter comments. They're the ones that keep me, make me keep reading them. And then there's the ones that I then see that are horrible. I'm like, oh, why did I do this to myself? Right. There's <laughs> enough internet for today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really no is more. sometimes. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I came here. Right. Exactly. No, but the, um, but the, the connection is made when we listen. And that, you literally see that in the end of the movie when she unveils herself and she sings. And then, and everyone stopped, you know, if there are a couple of people who make a comment, you know, here and there, and then it gets quiet and everyone's listening to her. And then, um, it, you know, she has a moment and then she starts singing again and then they start singing with her. So that literally, you know what I mean? Like when you listen, then all these people, you know, early in the movie had so much to say, even when she was famous, when she had all the outfits and the this and this and that, there were people who were still criticizing her, but it was in this moment that she was raw and she was vulnerable and these people listened to her and they were able to make a real connection uh, with her. And, 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 and yeah, it just, that, I, yeah, that was, that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. I cried. I cried the whole movie, but. Uh, it's just, just really, like I said, it, uses those abstract not abstract moments but the the way it pieces the moments together in an abstract way just really hits on that that emotion and yeah just listen to others and just double down and listen to others like even as i was putting together the notes there's a a video that i watched where the creator i'll put a link in the show notes but basically explains why he didn't love bell i thought okay that's that's interesting let me listen to that i made some fair points i didn't necessarily well, I agreed with some of them, but overall, I didn't have the same opinion. But I thought he made some uh, some fair points, so I'll put that in there uh, as well for a different a different view on the film as well. All right, so just before we wrap uh, this part, any favorite moments, final thoughts that we haven't mentioned? Uh, I do want to mention one particular moment where Kamishan, the uh, was nicknamed Kamishan, and um, uh, uh, yeah. Luca. 
like <laughs> are pushed to confess their feelings. That was hilarious. That was actually I was laughing out loud. Like the comedic timing in that scene uh-huh. was just so good. <laughs> yeah, the way they animated that. Yeah. <laughs> It was perfect. That's what we needed. We needed those pure, like, there was so much. Um, I mean, the whole movie was about relationships. And then the Shinobu and Suzu and then, yeah, the Kamishin and Ruka. They were, it was just so pure when they confessed. And it was just, and she was, she stopped. He dropped her bag and just held her face. And yeah. and then he got all red and he kept trying to leave. And uh, it was, just, yeah, that was, that. oh, that was so precious. It's, yeah, it was. And it was nice because it was, because he was like the, the comic relief character. and. And, you know, going to judge books by their cover, like you'd think, as everyone else did, uh, Shinobu and Ruka are just, you know, the, the most attractive people in the room. Uh-huh, just you guys right. get together because that's how, that's how it works. Um, that's how Hollywood tells me it works. But then you see like, the, the, yeah, the more comedic character, the, the more awkward one. And then the, the prettiest girl there is actually awkward herself in, in different uh-huh. ways. Like, yeah, just seeing those archetypes all broken down and, and it's just hilarious. It's just a well comedically timed uh, scene. My favorite scene was when um, uh, Suzu goes to Tokyo and it's raining and she's holding Kay and Tomo in her arms. And I it might be, I forget if it's mm. before the dad comes because he ends up running away or if it's after, but but Kay and Suzu like hold each other like their their faces are so close and and he even tells her like I love you and but what I loved so much was that hold on I wrote this down because I wanted to be able to to say this yeah it's 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 so powerful and it shows that you can love and cherish and protect someone regardless of age, gender, et cetera, without it being romantic. And so many people, especially adults, like forget this or don't believe that you can have that kind of love for someone. You know what I mean? That because they, yeah, this connection that they had. And even too, when they first do the dance and she even leans in almost like she's going to like kiss his forehead and he kind of closes his eyes and kind of gets all childlike and she just embraces him. And then it, you know, it, it kind of happens again in the end. And because they're, I, I feel like now, um, and, and it was kind of a theme throughout the movie too. Adults are so quick to just get caught up in so much stuff you know what i mean just like oh well relationships have to be like this and and you know there's just so much just you know information from the media and this and this and that we have this whole idea of the world and how people should be and how people should act but it was this pure moment where you could just see that these two people cared about each other and cherished each other and wanted the best for each other just as fellow human beings that that just are sharing uh an experience together and i thought that that was so powerful uh especially because they were both um you know kids and you see that also throughout the the movie you know the kids were cheering on the dragon you know oh don't unveil him don't unveil him he's my mm-hmm. hero this, this and that because it's yeah just adults are so quick we we're so complicated you know or we 
honestly, I think we overcomplicate a whole bunch of stuff and we make yeah, it more complicated than it needs to be. And that's why uh, I see I see it a lot in anime too, where you th- things don't have to be so complicated. You know what I mean? Like people are there are lots of complex things in the world, but at the end of the day, there are lots of simple interactions and and emotions that we feel and experience that we ha- experiences that we have with other people that we don't need to overcomplicate and give all these meanings to. And we you can just feel a pleasant moment with someone and it doesn't mean anything uh, romantically or, or or anything like that and i just thought that that was that that was so powerful i just i, I loved that moment because you know they're they're embracing each other and holding each other and their faces are so close and you know and he he doesn't say like the i love you like you would say to uh you know like he says like ski right instead of the i sure but but um but yeah you know he tells her that he loves her and 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 I just I, I I yeah that was that I have lots of favorite moments but that was uh, a moment that definitely stood out to me. Yeah, Tazzy, how about how about yourself? What what stood out that we might not have uh, touched on? Well, the moment when they're like figuring out the where Tomorrow and Kai are. Oh, where they do their detective work. Yeah, and just <laughs> how like everyone sort of like comes together and adds their little bit of knowledge like Mm -hmm. moment and because it starts with the the music Mm -hmm. yeah yeah where ruka recognizes the songs yeah and then they're like oh they're in between two towns or whatever and it's like oh wait play it back this must be da 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 and oh my god zoom in on the window like they just all and it's like oh we know where it is oh my god and then obviously and it's like, oh no, I know exactly where I've visited that before. Like, oh, and they get like the the match up, like the get up on the map and then match it to the thing. And they're like, it's a. Ma-. I was like, nice little bit of detective detective work in there, just to add a little sprinkle of flavor on top. Exactly. Amazing. No one mentioned the uh, the scene where like all the rumors are going around, and there's this whole like risk like like metaphor of her like trying to squash all the rumors. I thought that that would have been brought up. Oh, where it's like kind of the war, like yeah, with the, yeah. With the uh-huh, yeah. That, yeah, that was, that was cool and funny. And again, hero again yeah. for the win. Yeah. That was like the, the high school tactics. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> high school is a war zone. Yeah. Yeah. A war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A war that I uh, lost many battles on. Um, anyway, yeah. the, uh, uh, that was our discussion on Bell. And lots of other things. I feel like there's like a, a metaphor for internet culture and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But let us know what you think. As always, you can give us your feedback on this episode's story discussion. Before we head on out, virtually speaking, it's now time for this week's storytelling tip. Each time we do a deep dive on the podcast, I like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider uh, when making their own stories. So this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques and or mistakes of others. So for today's episode, I wanted to discuss living in two worlds. So this is a tip about creating stories that exist in two worlds, uh, like Bell. So we talked a lot about the world of you and it got me thinking about worlds within worlds. So specifically creating a story that starts off in one world and crosses over to another. Uh, So it made me think about world building in general, which is a key aspect for most stories. And even more care needs to be taken when you then enter a second or third or fourth, if you're like Doctor Strange in the multiverse world 
over the course of your narrative. Uh, but if we take a step back for a moment and look at world building itself, which is the process of setting up where your story takes place. So it's not just the physical location, but the theme, uh, the tone, and importantly, the rules of the new world. So the Masterclass blog puts it as the purpose of world building for writers is to give their story structure and somewhere real to live. A starting point should be to establish the rules and boundaries of your imaginary world and how everything exists within it. So you often see stories use their first act to establish the world as well as the character motivations and key conflicts. So whether it's a real world setting like any story that takes place in New York or a fantasy world like Game of Thrones or somewhere in between like Harry Potter, which is kind of like London, but also not. Uh, you need to make sure your audience is familiar with the world that your story takes place. But we're talking specifically about stories that takes place across multiple worlds. So what are the extra considerations there? So it's more of the same. So establishing the new world as well. But because things like environment, tone and rules may no longer apply in the new world, you need to take the story time to reestablish the new world so you don't lose your audience. So for example, in The Matrix, we are treated to a full-on explanation of the difference between The Matrix, the old world, and what we soon come to learn is the, the new real world. So even though we travel back and forth, because we've had that grounding, we also have a handle on how the current world operates and what everyone does with their time in it. Um, so in Harry Potter, the story is grounded in a world we know very well, especially if you do live in the vicinity of King's Cross, before we are whisked away to the world of Hogwarts uh, and get to take on a new environment with a new tone and new rules. Once we leave Hogwarts at the end of the school year, we still have an idea of what the characters may be doing with their time in both worlds. And in both cases, we get to see the day-to-day -day of life in the new world. So this is something that we don't necessarily see too much of in the virtual world of you. We see what happens when Belle sings her heart out and what happens when Suzu returns to the real world that we know. So whether we need to see too much of that is up for debate, but it's something that could be added to your story depending on where you want to take it and what's important in your message. Another example is Pixar's Inside Out, where we're taken from the real world of San Francisco into the mind of 11-year-old Riley, where we meet her emotions. So we spend the story between two worlds. When we are in the mind of Riley, we get to see the day-to-day of the inner workings of the mind. So we see what happens to core memories, we see where long-term memories are stored and where forgotten memories go to die. Uh, so all this really sets up the second world in a way that makes it feel familiar and lived in. So when we or our characters aren't there. So here are some considerations for creating worlds within worlds for your story. Number one is to establish the transition between world one and world two. And what I'd always recommend is tie this to emotion and narrative themes. So there's some kind of deeper meaning to the existence and of your second world and the need to travel to it. So Inside Out is a prime example because we are literally going into a world of emotions, but uh, you want something to be felt when we go from one world to another. So is it fear, curiosity, excitement, something that is felt when going into that new world. Uh, number two is to show the day-to-day -day in both worlds. So because you are dealing in two worlds, you may have to do the extra work of establishing theme, tone, and rules of a different world. 
So it's all dependent on your specific story, but uh, I would argue this shouldn't be overlooked. So you want the audience to feel that the new world is just as alive and lived in, and there's a whole world that exists once we turn our proverbial camera lens away to go to a different scene or chapter or whatever it might be. Uh, and lastly, number three is how do we get back to world one or otherwise find some kind of new equilibrium? So your story is all about the journey and there's a reason we go into the new world that relates to the story's narrative themes. So once that thing, that goal has been achieved, how do we get back to where we were if that's what works for your story? So coming back to Inside Out, we get back to the first world, which is the real world, uh, once we have learned the lessons that all emotions are valid and even sadness. So what's the lesson in your story and how do your characters return once they've learned that lesson by navigating the, the new world? And that's your tip for episode 108. So let us know your thoughts. If you're creating a story that exists within different worlds, feel free to email us, feedback at myamada.com or join our Discord and let us know there. Uh, before we wrap for this episode, Tazzy, let's check in with our guest. We love to get uh, more details about our guest and let you know where we can find them as well as their latest news or interesting projects that they've got coming up. So uh, Jesus, what, what have you got going on that you can tell our listeners about? Let's see. So I actually just posted uh, my latest cosplay today, a couple hours ago. It's Nami from uh, One Piece. What else? Oh, so, okay, well, I guess tying this in, I just did a Belle cosplay. Um, I did the red dress that she wears, but I wouldn't say really there's anything special. I'm just, you know, living my best life, posting my cosplays, um, usually once a week around that. I've uh, had more fun, though, making videos. Like I said before, I used to hate TikTok. I didn't understand it. I There needs to be like a manual, but there's not one. Um, and it was really hard to figure out. Um, but once, just like anything, once you kind of figure out something, then it becomes fun and making making content and all that. So I made a whole bunch of content yesterday for the for Nami for the cosplay that I posted today. But you can find me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram. It's at g period s u s with three underscores. The cosplay uh, that I did, I think was the one before it, was Princess Hibana from Fire Force, which was so much fun. I had so much fun doing that, doing that cosplay. And I made, I've started making more cosplays too, which is, which has been exciting. I made the, the fire, excuse me, the firefighter coat for Princess Hibana. Um, and then I made Belle's dress too, which was, cause I mean, I'm, I'm in love with the movies. So that was a very soothing project. But yeah, so just check out check out my videos. I I think I'm funny. I have some funny videos. <laughs> you know, if you like to laugh. Um, so yeah, on TikTok, on Instagram, I I'd say I'm more active on Instagram. But yeah, there's there's nothing um, really. Well, I guess uh, Houston's anime convention is coming up in July. I'm really excited for that. Really really excited for that. I have my cosplays planned out. Um, because cosplaying, you know, in front of a camera for, you know, followers and cosplaying in real life, uh, can be very different. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm excited Is for the Is this the first convention that you've, or would have yeah, cosplayed so, 
the first so I so my first anime convention was last year and I cosplayed for the first time but it was you know this was before I started making you know started putting content online um so I was like super amateur you know cosplay but it was fun it was like the first time I'd done it so this will yeah be like my first anime convention is like a cosplayer I guess right so so I'm really excited I'm gonna cosplay uh I think all four days um Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday. Um, except the last day I'm going to wear, I actually, it's always been my dream since I started watching anime. I've always wanted to wear a yukata to like a summer, like Japanese festival, right? Because they also have this kind of like summer Japanese festival that goes on at the same time as the anime convention. So I bought this really pretty yukata and I'm going to finally be able to wear this, this, uh, you know, summer kind of kimono for this summer mastery. So, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. And yay for a uh, first convention as like official cosplayer. <laughs> exactly. I've actually, um, it wasn't super recently, but I've done a couple like official events and been like a featured cosplayer and it has been a ball. It was so much fun. They weren't, I mean, I was, I'm like friends with the vendors and stuff who are who are putting on the events so th- so that's how i got in on the cosplayer list but um but it was it was yeah it's it's so much fun so in this past year i mean because you you guys are my day ones you guys i did the interview with you i think i'd been cosplaying for maybe like three four months or something so it's been really fun uh over this past almost a year just really growing and coming into being a cosplayer and being a content creator. Tazzy, you know, well, and, and you too, uh, Nigel, it's, it's a, it's a lot. And you, you will never understand how, like being a content creator, unless you're a content creator, because you have all these troubles and worries, but to people who don't make, who aren't content creators, they sound stupid. You know, Oh, you care about this and this and this and that, but it's important. And I mean, in 2022, you can have a whole business online. You know what I mean? You can become a millionaire from being a content creator. You know what I mean? So, so it's, there's, there's a lot more to it and um, it's given me lots of troubles, but it's been, it's been uh, really fun too. And just receiving, uh, just like Belle, you know, receiving the support from strangers, you know, that just want you to do your best also lots of criticism from strangers who think they know you but they don't but um but yeah but this past year just being growing into being a cosplayer um I think I also mentioned in the first interview that I really wanted to work on my editing and I'm nowhere near perfect but I think I've grown a lot in my editing being able to really recreate these characters and because I just I I love anime it changed my life and so being a cosplayer being able to bring these characters to life while I was filming my Bell content, I was sobbing <laughs> because I, I I felt like it was just this different type of connection, you know. So so I just I'm so I'm so grateful, you know, to you guys too for giving me this voice uh, to be able to to express myself because it's it's this awesome creative outlet that uh, we all have. And there you go. You heard it here first. Come on our My Matter show and launch your cosplay career. I think that was the takeaway from that. Um, <laughs> cool. No, I appreciate you uh, joining us. And yeah, definitely go check out Jesus's cosplay because they are really good. So thank you for taking the time with us again uh, for a deep dive this time. And yeah, if you enjoyed this episode of Story X Story, then make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review because that helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussion. You can also share links that 
also works just send a link to an episode to someone don't forget to check out our own stories on the my matter website so we've got a number of titles including the latest release serious through the fog and we are also working on new material for the year including a story featuring tazzy's character so you can see the stuff we've already put out at mymatter.com forward slash manga you can also join the studio 77 discord and you can consider becoming studio 77 member for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the my matter universe and our do i look like a gamer campaign we have uh, one more event and one more convention appearance at least to come so we launched earlier in the year you can check out the photo campaign featuring our 40 players and makers and stay tuned for the July 2nd uh, networking event at Samsung KX. So you can check out all the information about the event at looklikeagamer.com. So as for the podcast, we release new episodes on Thursdays, and those include creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture like these. And you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com, and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story so thank you for tuning in and until next time uh, stay safe and remember don't be a justin we have too many of them <laughs> unless your name is justin we've got no problem with that that is cool no, you, still, you still shouldn't be a justin even if your name is Justin. <laughs> well okay i, did, I didn't say that i i, I claim no uh, credit to that <laughs> I, i'm some of my best friends were called justin uh, oh. in in the virtual world don't be a justin so take care everyone <laughs>